some of you may have seen the movie or maybe have read the book, Les Miserables. It's a wonderful uh, story, and at the very beginning of this story, I'm talking the first 10 minutes of the film, there's this wonderful scene where the main character, Jean Valjean, is released from prison. He had been in prison for 19 years because he stole a loaf of bread, and he had tried to escape prison a number of times while being in there, and so it took him 19 years to finally be released, and suddenly he finds himself out in society in doesn't know how to begin. Step one is we need shelter. And so he's looking for a place to stay. And nobody will give him a chance because he's an ex-convict, which makes sense. And so he's desperate. He's trying all of his options until finally he knocks on the door of the bishop. And the bishop, so beautifully, gives him a chance allows this ex-convict to stay in the bishop's residence for the night. Well, luck would have it that Jean Valjean is still struggling with temptation, and he notices that the bishop has these silverware and silver plates, and in the middle of the night decides to steal both and escape unseen. Well, the police find him. They arrest him, and they bring him to the bishop so that he can return the silverware and silver plates. And the bishop, in this extraordinary scene, turns to Jean Valjean and says, you forgot the silver candlesticks as well, and then reaches over and gives him the candlesticks in a way to pretend as if all of the silver was a gift rather than stolen. And the police don't know what to do and instead release him. And the bishop turns to Jean Valjean and tells him that this is the beginning of a new life and challenges Jean Valjean to be a new man, an honest man. And hence the story begins of Les Mis. And and then you see this journey of transformation of Jean Valjean, but it all began with this one act of mercy. The bishop gave new life to Jean Valjean through this act of mercy. It's amazing how sin really does destroy us. And we can see it in obvious examples, like like big, scandalous, dramatic, public sinners. You can see Jean Valjean didn't know any other way but to steal. He wanted a new life. He wanted to enter into society and to no longer go back to prison, but he couldn't help himself. He was destroyed by his sin. And with great reverence here, you know, perhaps many of us have family members that might be in a similar situation. Maybe it's not stealing, but maybe it's some other type of sin where we've noticed that now a certain family member is the controversial figure. And it's difficult, especially around times like this, time of holiday season. We have family gatherings, and we're unsure whether or not this certain family member should be invited because of the poor choices that this family member has made. And I'm not necessarily offering a solution because I recognize that every single story is unique and different and complicated, and it's not an easy black and white answer. We certainly have to consider boundaries um, as well, but 
But it's interesting how we can see, at least at the very least, that sin destroys. Not only does it destroy the sinner, but it also destroys those around the sinner, the people that the sinner loves. It destroys the family. It destroys society. Sin really does kill relationships. And although it may be obvious to the addict, it's even true in smaller sins, even the smaller sins that all of us struggle with. You see, because sin begins this terrible cycle, sin kills relationships. And as broken relationships fester, we become more selfish. And as we are more selfish, we commit more sins and destroy more relationships and become more selfish. And we see this terrible cycle of sin just continuing to destroy and destroy, get worse and worse for all of us. Hence, our need for a Savior. You see, we talk about how Jesus died for our sins. It's like one of those things you memorize as a kid, and you can always bring it back to memory, but we never, we sometimes forget what that really means. It's like, oh yeah, he saved us from our sins. But if we take a moment to recognize how sin really is destroying us, we recognize our our great need of that Savior to break the cycle of broken relationships. And the good news of the gospel is that the Lord saves. We see that in today's reading. The beautiful story of the angel appearing to St. Joseph. This is after the angel appeared to Mary and told her that she would conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit. She said, may it be done according to your will. And, you know, uh, many of the great saints, St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Augustine, St. Jerome, they all believe that, you know, Mary would have then gone and told Joseph and that Joseph would have actually believed her, but in great reverence and humility, declaring himself unworthy to be the foster father of God himself, he decides to divorce her quietly. But the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and says, Joseph, be not afraid to take Mary into your home, because that which is conceived of her is by the Holy Spirit. And he says, you, Joseph, not Mary, you, Joseph, will name this child Jesus, Yeshua. Aramaic, meaning the Lord saves. You will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Making it very clear to St. Joseph the mission of this child, his identity, the Lord saves. There's power in the name of Jesus, Yeshua. The Lord saves because God recognized that sin was destroying all of us. It was leading us to death, to perdition, to a terrible future. And God became man so that he could live among us, teach us his ways, but most importantly, so that he could die and conquer death, to give us something beyond death, to open up the gates of paradise for sinners like you and me, thus inaugurating a new cycle. Not the cycle of sin, but the cycle of mercy. As he died upon that cross, by his blood is opening up the gates of mercy. And mercy heals. It's only mercy and grace that's powerful enough to heal relationships. And as we experience restored relationships, 
we become less selfish. And as we become less selfish, we can give mercy to others, thus healing more relationships and becoming even less selfish. You see a whole new cycle opposite of the cycle of sin. So I want you to consider tonight, think back for a moment the last time that you gave advice to somebody. Maybe it was recently, maybe it was a friend, maybe a spouse, maybe a parent, or maybe a child, coworker, friend at school. Think back to the last time that you gave concrete advice. Maybe they asked for it, maybe they didn't ask for it. Into which cycle did you lead that person? Did you lead that person by your words of experience and wisdom and encouragement? Did you lead that person into the cycle of sin and selfishness or into the cycle of mercy and healing? See, because sometimes as we get empowered to share our two cents, sometimes we unfortunately get caught up in the moment. Sometimes we get caught in the drama, we get sucked in, we, we bring our own brokenness to the situation, and sometimes we even encourage people to jump further into this cycle of sin. We encourage them to be even more selfish. We encourage them to break relationships. We encourage them to continue this terrible pattern of death. And my, how unfortunate that is whenever we lead another into sin by our words of wisdom and encouragement. How much better would it be if more of us acted like the bishop in Les Mis, had the courage to seek to restore relationships, understanding that it's difficult, it's not easy, it's complicated sometimes, it's messy, but what if we helped others towards the cycle of mercy? towards a cycle of reconciliation and healing, towards a cycle of a decreased amount of selfishness. You see, because none of us are self-sufficient. We were not created to be self-sufficient. Many of us believe the lie of America that we are self-made and self-driven and that it's, it's us, that it, it's all about our hard work and skill and we can accomplish our happiness on our own. Everyone else can stay out of the way. But that's just not the gospel. That's not what Jesus came to do. That's not the good news that he preached. The good news is in his name. Yeshua, the Lord saves. Not me, not you, not your spouse, not your wise friend, not the president. Yeshua. There's power in the name of Jesus because all of us, you and me, we all need a Savior. And only Jesus Christ is powerful enough to rescue us from this cycle of sin and lead us into the cycle of mercy. And it's only by the power of His grace from the cross, as we receive the mercy and share it with others, that is the only path to true fulfillment. That is how we discover happiness. That is how we enter into 
a loving relationship with others. That is how we discover the purpose and the meaning of life. It's not by being independent. It's not by being successful. It's not by being self-sufficient. It's by encountering, receiving, and sharing the mercy of God. We all need a Savior. And just as the angel appeared to St. Joseph and said, Be not afraid. Be not afraid to take Mary into your home. God is telling us the same thing. Be not afraid to take Mary and Jesus into your heart and to allow them to save you from yourself. There's power in the name of Jesus, Yeshua. The Lord saves. Amen. Oh, mm-hmm.